You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 98 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and we have another exciting episode for you folks today. I actually think it's maybe one of the most informative episodes that Take About's ever had, actually. Uh, it's with a great, great friend of mine, another child performer, Sky Alyssa Friedman, joins the show. Uh, Sky is currently working on two shows. Uh, so she has, you'll be seeing a lot of Sky Alyssa Friedman around the Broadway uh, kind of news circle, all of that stuff. Uh, so she's coming on. She was also an Annie when she was a kid. Uh, so we have a great episode, but we talk about things that we haven't talked about here before. Um, and really the most important part was probably how to self-tape and and talking about the the art of self-taping and how to audition um, in general in this self-taping world that we're now in. Um, so great conversation coming to you folks. So to start our little Broadway news, Broadway recap kind of thing, I wanted to mention some something special that's uh, happening very soon in the in the Broadway world. On April 18th at 9.30 at the Green Room 42, Take a Bow is going live. That's right. We're doing the first ever podcast cabaret. I'm calling it Take a Bow Live Pod Beret, the 100th episode celebration, and it's going to be amazing. We have an incredible lineup. We have Presley Ryan. We have JJ Neiman. We have Max Von Essen. We have Anthony Rosenthal, and we have Sierra Renee. All incredible people. We also have Charlie Alterman as our music director. So we have a bunch of former Take About guests. We actually have all former Take About guests. I wanted to keep it in the podcast family. Um, all of them are coming back to do a live live show where they will be singing, where they will be um, talking to me, chatting with the audience, all of the great stuff. If you come, you'll be able to meet all of us. We hope that we see you there. It's at the Green Room 42 on April 18th with an incredible stellar lineup singing incredible songs and uh, just going to have a night of celebration. and It's going to be a blast. So go get your tickets now. All tickets come with a $10 food and beverage voucher. And all the tickets are less than a rush ticket that you would go to see a Broadway show, even though you're getting the Broadway talent that uh, I just listed. So I hope that you all will come. I hope to see some familiar faces there and some new faces. So check out the Green Room 42 website, search up Take About Live, or go to their events on April 18th and go buy your ticket right now. They have tickets as low as $5 available. So go check it out. You won't regret it. Moving on. Let's talk about some Broadway news, shall we? Um, my Broadway little recap for this past week. I was fortunate enough to see two shows this past week since the last episode. I saw both Suffs and I saw MJ once again because I'm obsessed and I can't stay away. Suffs was amazing. Suffs is at the public theater. 
all female cast. Uh, it, unfortunately, their their first performance open to the public actually got canceled due to COVID um, because there was an outbreak in the cast. The lead, Shayna Tab, who also wrote it and, and uh, stars in it and everything, she is part of the uh, group that got COVID. So very unfortunate for them. There were a couple other shows that actually got COVID, but we'll get into that. Uh, but Suffs itself, was, I thought, was really good. Um, the story was fascinating. It's literally just a history lesson. Like It's like Hamilton, but more focused around the history of it all um, and not so much about the characters and the art and, and the development of that and everything like that. So I think it's going to appeal to a certain audience. I loved it. Um, I think that it was great that they had some Broadway folks in it. Jen Colella, Philip Basu, uh, Nikki M. James, wonderful, wonderful talent on the stage. Um, it's following Hamilton's footstep as far as like history. Uh, it's at the Public Theater, which is where Hamilton started before it went to Broadway. I will not be shocked if we end up seeing this show on Broadway. I thought it was really good. So it's about women's suffrage and about Alice Paul, who really led the way for the women's suffrage movement. Uh, so it's a great storyline and it's a great thing to, to really learn about. So go check that out if you're interested. It's currently at the Public Theater. Then I saw MJ. And you all know how I feel about MJ. MJ is by far my favorite musical of this season. It's hard because it's right there. It's like, I always forget that Six is also part of this season because I saw Six before the pandemic. Um, So they're kind of neck and neck. But I think that, uh, I thought MJ was amazing. If Miles Frost doesn't win Best Actor, it's just, it's, it's just so amazing. It, the performers are are ridiculous, and, and his music, Michael Jackson's music, is just it's it's insane to think about how many songs he he made that were just massive hits, and that that still are hits in this day and age, even thirty years later. You know, um, it's kind of crazy to think about. Uh, but seriously, it's amazing. The performers are amazing. Miles Frost, Tavon Lamont, old sample is incredible. Uh, all of the Michaels, honestly. Uh, I know the little Michaels alternate. It was great to see Antoine and Devin uh, back in the show. I hadn't met Antoine before, so it was cool to see him after seeing the show and watching him perform. So that was great. And Devin is great as always. Uh, just a great time. It's it's truly it's it's truly a concert. It's interesting because the two shows that I have as best musical this season are both concerts, basically, with MJ and then Six. Obviously, Six is more original and it's got original score and everything like that. But it has that concert kind of style and feel to it where it's um it's kind of nonstop. It it's it's awesome. So it, it never it never bores you. It, it's like it keeps you entertained the entire time. It's it's awesome. Anyways, so exciting news happening this week is Beetlejuice is opening tomorrow. Uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday, that is. If you're listening to this Thursday, the day that this comes out, Beetlejuice is opening tomorrow. Friday, April 8th. And I'm going to be able to to do some press for it on opening night. I cannot wait to bring that all to you. Follow us on social media, on Take About Podcast, uh, on Instagram and in TikTok. And then, of course, follow us on Patreon, where we will be doing a full vlog uh, of it all. So exciting content coming to you all this week. I don't know if it's going to be a full episode. I'm not sure how much content I'm going to be able to grab there. Uh, but stay tuned for that and follow along on socials because that we will definitely be posting there. So stay tuned for that. I'm very excited. A lot of the Broadway community is very excited 
excited to have the show back on Broadway. Speaking of opening night, happy opening to Take Me Out in Paradise Square that had their openings this past week. Very exciting stuff. I heard Take Me Out is wonderful and and beautiful and all the things it's going to make you laugh cry all the things so i'm excited to see that one and then of course paradise square which i've heard is i've actually heard mixed reviews about it but majority of the great stuff like people have either absolutely loved it and gone on and on and then people were just like it was good it was like it was okay so i haven't heard anyone like didn't like it but i've also heard that one's a bit of emotional roller coaster so Great stuff. As long as it's uh, making an impact on people's lives, that's what musical theater and art is all about. So check those ones out if you are interested. I'm excited to see both of those, and hopefully I get to see them soon. Taking it down to a bit of a sad place here, Suffs, which I mentioned, uh, had to cancel its first performance, as well as A Strange Loop. Uh, They had to cancel their first performance, their first preview, that is, due to COVID. Um, A Strange Loop is opening back up on April 11th, so it'll make its first preview on April 11th, and then Sus will actually continue uh, with the understudy of the leads, but they had to cancel the performance to get a couple days of rehearsal in and everything like that. Another show that had to cancel due to COVID was Macbeth, but it wasn't their first show. They're already, they've been having a few shows, so they had to cancel performances, unfortunately. Matthew Broderick will actually be missing a few performances of Plaza Suite due to COVID illnesses as well. Sarah Jessica Parker has tested negative. Um, I know their husband and wife, but uh, I guess he's the only one with it right now, so she's still in the show. Um, I'm not sure exactly who's going on for him. It kind of hasn't been mentioned much. Um, hopefully, it's Aaron Dilly, who was my mom in, in A Christmas Story, but uh, I'm excited. I'm interested to see how that would work, but I do know that she's the standby for both of them, so um, maybe it's her, and then, or maybe it's like an understudy. I'm not 100% sure, and I haven't seen it on anywhere, so I don't want to be the source to tell you the wrong information. So we'll bring it back up and we'll bring it more positive before we turn it over to the episode. They, the Broadway League has announced that mask policies are still going to be in place through April, and I imagine that it will be ex- continue to extend. Uh, but right now, they're extending it through the month of April, and then they will be reevaluating after that. But um, I think it's I think it should just continue. I mean, why not? Why why risk anything? Um, We'll, we'll see what they do on that, and I'll obviously uh, keep you all updated. I know that mask policies in New York in general are kind of being more lenient, and you don't need them so much in restaurants and everything like that, um, but you still do need them to go to a theater, so keep that in mind if you're traveling or if you are just in New York and are about to see a show, bring your mask. Remember, uh, HBO announced that Spring Awakening, Those You've Known documentary, will be debuting on HBO and HBO Max on May 3rd. Early birthday present for me. Very exciting stuff. Um, cannot wait for this. The original Broadway cast kind of came back together, filmed this documentary. Uh, it's I cannot wait for it, honest to God. It's featuring Jonathan Groth, Leah Michelle, Lily Cooper, all of those people that were in the original cast. So it's very exciting. HBO or HBO Max, which is the streaming platform. So go check that out. And the last bit of news that I'll leave you all with today is that Doubtfire will be reopening with a new child cast. Um, unfortunately, I believe the original Broadway cast 
of kids have now become too tall, their voices have changed, all of that stuff. One is working on a new project. Um, so unfortunately for the original Broadway cast, their run was cut short, um, but excited for this new wave of kids for the show. They will be reopening with the show. Um, however, the original Broadway cast kids, Avery Sell and Jake Ryan Flynn, will be on the cast recording that you all will hear uh, when it comes out because they just recorded one. So that is coming. So keep an eye out for that. And when you go see uh, Doubtfire, if you have a ticket for when it reopens, just know that there's going to be a new cast. So yeah. All right, that wraps up this week's Broadway little recap, I guess we could call it, because it wasn't just news. Um, but I I want to turn it over to the drama dictionary section because there's a couple things in this episode that that are said, and I just want to make sure that everyone knows what's going on. So Sky mentions a house, um, or our house, or the house. I can't remember if I've actually done this word before. If I have, I apologize, and this is just a little reminder. If I have not, well, I'm glad I'm going to be doing it now. So a house is what the, um, I guess the performers, but I guess the audience can call it too, is the portion of the theater where uh, all of the seats are. So where the audience sits is technically called the house. So we have like front of house, which is like the lobby. We have the house, which is where the seats are. And then we have like mezzanine, all that stuff. So we have front of house, house, back of house. And um, they're all essentially the same thing. They're just saying it's basically the entire theater except backstage and the stage itself. So the house is really where you all sit. And hopefully that little um, definition or uh, example, I guess, or the picture that I've put in will help you understand what we talk about right now. Let's throw it over to Sky Lisa Friedman. Sky Lisa Friedman, curtain up. So this week we are joined by a Broadway baby who made her Broadway debut in Annie when she was just 11 years old. Uh, she just recently finished a run at the Atlantic Theater in the off-Broadway, uh, pre-Broadway, I guess you can call it, run of Kimberly Akimbo, which is transferring to Broadway. And not only is she transferring with it and will be in another Broadway show just later this year, but she's also currently in rehearsal for an off-Broadway show called Lucky Star. So she's doing all the things, plus going to college. This is so exciting. Everyone, welcome to Take a Bow, Sky Alyssa Friedman. Hi, so excited to be here today. Oh my god, this is long overdue. I know. Uh, she made me wait. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. So that she was able to talk about all of the incredible things that she's uh, been working on it, just literally in the past six months. Like literally yeah, it's been insane. COVID ended and it kind of opened back up. Uh, it's amazing. So we're going to get all into it in a bit. Uh, but I usually like to start my episodes in asking people how they got started in the industry. Like what inspired them to, to tell stories and perform and all of that fun stuff. Yeah, I don't even really know that there was a moment where I was like, oh, this is what I have to do. I was just, I was always so drawn to it. Um, I did my first production in preschool. It was Mary Poppins and I played Mary yes. Poppins. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> You're very Mary Poppins like, like, I guess. Yeah, yeah I can see it. <laughs> I um, can see it. 
And then I I used to watch like all the Shirley Tumble movies all the time. Um, I looked like her as a kid. I was so inspired by her. I was like, she is so cool. I want to do that. Um, and then there's this story that I don't even remember, but I've been told it a few times. I was walking out of kindergarten with my mom, and I just turned to her and I was like, Mom, I'm gonna be on Broadway. And she was wow. like, What? Where did this even come from? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how I knew what Broadway was at that age, but I think it just, it was always like a part of me. It's so interesting too, because it's not like you grew up in, in New York. No, I didn't. And none of my parents, like uh, nobody in my family's in the business. Um, so mm. I don't, I don't even really know, but it was just, that's what I wanted to do. That's wild. I love the Shirley Temp temple reference because yeah. we just had a guest on Brittany Mack who's one of the queens in six mm -hmm. uh, and she said that that was one of her inspirations so it's cool I, to see that overlap I loved her and you know I have curly hair now and when I was a kid my hair was curly and super short so I, I there's yeah. a picture of me like holding up one of her movies and I literally look identical oh my god I love that mm -hmm. so so here we are so you are telling your mom that you want to be on Broadway and then what happened? Did you just continue to, did you like fly out to New York to audition? And then all of a sudden you're making your Broadway debut or like, how'd that go? <laughs> um, so basically I started training, I started taking classes at the local uh, conservatory. It's the Maltz Jupiter Theater Conservatory. Okay. Um, and I, I, I started taking classes there. I, I was really getting into it. I did my first professional show at age nine at the Maltz. It was Sound of Music and I played Gretel. Um, around that same time, I did a workshop with an agent and I thought it was just like, oh, you're going to learn a little. That's it. <laughs> um, but she called my mom the next day and she's like, oh, I want to represent Sky. And my mom was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, and my parents were a little apprehensive because, you know, it's hard. It's, it's a big commitment. It's a lot of money. And so they were like, let's. I don't know. So the agent was like, all right, just take a month, think about it, get back to me, learn a little bit more. So in that month, I managed to convince my parents. And um, we we did agree to be represented by her. And then I started flying up to uh, New York and auditioning and, and yeah. Yeah, rest is history, I guess. And then, and then Annie on Broadway came along. Annie on Broadway came along. I um, You know, it's funny. I It had been a few years at that point, and... It was getting to be a lot. And like I said, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of uh, time, commitment. So mm -hmm. we were kind of like, all right, I think we're maybe going to take a break for a little bit. So when we first got the audition for Annie, we were like, no, I'm sorry, we can't do it. Um, but it just so happened that two other shows were auditioning that same around the same time. So we were wow. like, oh, we can do we can do a few. So let's just fly up, give it one more shot. Because um, I'm from Florida, so we had to fly every time mm -hmm. I went to audition. Um What's funny is I didn't even end up auditioning for the other two shows, I think. Something happened. Um, but I auditioned for Annie. We got back on the plane. As we boarded the plane, they were like, oh, we want her for the callback. Um, so, of course, we're, like, on the plane when we get the email. Wait, did you already, like, were you in the air? We were, we were like, boarded. But, but the funny thing is, is that we were like, oh, she can't come to the callback because she has a science fair. So we said no to the Annie callback. I can't. Yeah, oh I should go God. to the science fair, which I won, by the way. Go off, as you should. Um, <laughs> I can't. Um, so they That's were amazing. like, okay. A like, science like, fair? Yeah. yeah. So they were they're like, like, what is that? They're like, all right. Um, 
Okay. Oh my god. So they were like, all right, we'll push her to the final callback. So I did come back up for that. And then 45 minutes after that final callback, I got the call. Wow. So they just, that was just two auditions for Annie. They just like streamlined you then it might to have the been final. Because I think the like final callback was like multiple days. Wow. There were like cuts in between. But yeah, it was, it was not a super long process like a lot of other shows were that I had. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. It was so, uh, so then you end up moving to New York, 11 years old, and you're being, you're a swing on Broadway. Mm-hmm. So you were a swing in Annie. Talk yeah. to me about swing life and talk to me at like the young age of 11, like, cause I know you just did it for Kimberly, but don't mm-hmm. touch on that yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a standby. I covered Annie, Duffy, July, Pepper, and Tessie. So I covered five orphans Ridiculous. when I was 11. I know I look back on that and I'm like, how was that possible? How <laughs> right. did I do that? Because as an adult now, I would be like, oh, that's a little scary. Like, I can handle it, but a little scary. Sure. Um, But I think at that age... The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. There's just like a lack of inhibition and fear and you're just so excited to be a part of it all. And you're just truly trying to live your best life. Yeah. And I think I was just like so open and and excited that it was, it was, I I don't want to say easy because standby swings under cities, that is not an easy job. Um, But I think I was just so happy and grateful to be there. And I, I loved it so much. And I think, yeah, being a standby is, is very difficult. Covering five roles is very difficult. I think I had to learn a lot about organization at that age and responsibility. I had everything was color coded. So I remember like Annie right. was red and Duffy was green and I had all my track sheets and um, I, we had an amazing dance captain who really, who really taught me how to, how to do that, um, how to be a standby. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when you're when you're covering so many roles, you you have to know all the different lines, obviously, but also the harmonies, the choreography, the different staging. So right, 
It's quite a lot. It's a fun it's a fun challenge and it keeps things interesting and you get you get a nice fun adrenaline rush always when oh, you yeah. find out you're going on last minute. <laughs> gone in the middle of a show before. You um, did? I did, yeah. Okay, so talk to me about that because that's something that isn't always talked about especially on a podcast because it's just such a unique experience. So like when you are literally backstage chilling, maybe watching some Netflix. I don't know if there was Netflix at the time, but um what are you doing? Like, and then yeah. all of a sudden a stage manager barred in. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I was sitting backstage. I was, I was totally chilling. I think I was in like, a, like, I remember being in this like cute little dress. I had like little <laughs> earrings in, like so yes. looking like an orphan. And all of a sudden they're like, Sky, you're, you're, you're going on stage. You need to be there like the next number. So oh. it was insane. All these people started rushing around me. They were like throwing off my earrings. They were like throwing my hair in braids. I had to go on as Duffy. So they were trying to Duffy had to wear this green hat and had her hair like entirely tucked up in mm-hmm. it. So they're like trying to get that done. They're like throwing it into clothes. The funny thing about what happened with this is because it was so quick and, and spur of the moment and I like ran on stage for little girls, um, <laughs> the role that I was playing in that one, Duffy, it's hard to it's hard to explain without like a visual aid, but she had to get up on the table and kind of like roll over her back so like her legs were up. Uh-huh. And we realized in that moment when I was on stage, as I rolled back, that we forgot my bloomers. Yep. So, <laughs> the, the oh God. And like the um, wardrobe were watching in the wings and they're like, oh my God. Um, so I like realized, so I was like trying to like hold my dress up as soon as I saw that I didn't have the bloomers on. And oh as soon word. as I ran off stage, they're like, oh my God, we're so sorry. We will never do that again. Like, always bloomers first. <laughs> Yes. Insane. But. Oh my word. I can't imagine. Just at least, oh, I, I don't even know the positive in that story. <laughs> but hey, you made your cue and that's all that matters. Yeah, the show you can, made it happen. You the know, show the show on. was gone. Yeah. Um, that's insane. That's literally like the summary of swing life. Like stories it is. like that. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. It's yeah. a, it's a, honestly, it's like an art of its own in, in this industry. It's I amazing. absolutely agree with that. It is an art and it's an incredibly hard job. And I, and I'm excited that um, it's getting a little bit more recognition recently. People are starting mm-hmm. to understand it a little bit more. Um, I yeah. Just it just had to take a pandemic, you know? Yeah. It just back. had to take a pandemic. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, but I, I do think that, you know they're the, they're the backbone of the show, and I mm-hmm. and I really think it's important that the general public and all of us start to really understand and recognize uh, what what swings and undercities and covers do, um, and how they play into a show. Absolutely, talk to me kind of about moving to New York because like I there's a lot of people our age listening to this but there are also like parents and stuff who like their kids are interested and they'll like seek advice and stuff so from like your mom's point of view like when you're 11 years old like did you was your mom with you what did you have like a babysitter like how does that work when you're you're moving from another state yeah so as i said i'm from florida that's where um me and my family lived i'm an only child so it was just my parents and i um, she went into literal shock after we got yeah. this call. It was crazy. Once we flew back home, she, she would. We had. To, I had two weeks to move up to to New York, so not not a lot of time. So she was like on the computer all day, every day, just trying to find apartment, like place to live. She like was just like eating popcorn, like she was not <laughs> stopping for dinner. Um, right. And 
we did find a place. I actually ended up living right above the Glass House Tavern, which a lot of people know. So I was yeah. I was like a block from the theater, middle of Times <laughs> Square, living the dream. Yes. Um, my mom, my mom came up and she lived with me. And my dad stayed in Florida, and then like once a month or so, he would fly up to to visit. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a sacrifice, and and thank you to my parents who made all this happen because genuinely you, you can't do anything without without that support. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was that was amazing. But yeah, she uprooted her whole life, and we moved to moved to the city, and my dad stayed back to work, and yeah. Insane. So your mom did your mom have to quit her job, or like was she able to work? She remotely? wasn't. She wasn't working at that time. Um, okay. Cause I was, I was also homeschooled and I was, she, she wasn't able to work at, at that moment. Gotcha. So she didn't have to quit, but you know, she still had to change her you whole know, life. Reroute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because that's how we met. Like we lived on the same block, yeah. just a couple avenues away right. um, and doing it while you were in Annie and just still <laughs> oh, randomly in the city. In Annie as well. <laughs> Yeah, I was yeah. <laughs> I was an orphan in Annie. Um, I actually played Annie. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Right. Um, anyways, um, talk to me about like being a kid on Broadway because not only are you a swing at 11 years old and all of this is craziness is happening, um, but you know, it's interesting because what you're doing now is similar to what you were doing when you were in Annie. Mm-hmm. However, you're technically an adult, so. Right. Like in Annie, we had child wranglers and tutors mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We, as if I was in it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you were. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but so, but now you're doing that with, you're doing two shows plus college and everything. So like, talk to me about the similarities and the differences between like what you're doing, what you did in Annie as a kid and now like what you're doing right now as a teen. Yeah, no, that's, it's a good question. It's actually something I've been thinking a lot about because um, Kimberly Kimbo at Atlantic was my first show as an adult. And I was just trying to, to notice the differences between working mm-hmm. as a kid and as an Which, adult. are we adults? You are know, we? it's, it's <laughs> debatable. Okay, um, okay. Some, would, some would argue not. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but I think what's interesting as a kid is I think you're so blissfully unaware in a way of what you're doing and everything that you're doing like you know that you have to be mature and responsible and professional and that's and I feel like all kid actors are because just the way that we grow up and the people that we're around and working with adults but I still think that we're unaware of like the actuality and the insanity of what we're doing like Mm -hmm. doing school being a swing covering five roles being doing eight shows a week for thousands of people um (laughs) and I think as an adult I was like Oh, I'm I am so aware now of all mm-hmm. this pressure and responsibility and what I need to what I need to be doing. Um so it's more it's it's more pressure in a way, but it's also more freeing in a way, I think, to be an adult because you're fully independent. You don't have you don't have a wrangler being like, okay, right. no, you're cute. So I think I think you learn and your your perspective shifts. And also, you know, I, I've loved working with adults since I was a kid. I think most of us do. I mm-hmm. mainly grew up around adults. Like I said, I was only a child. I was homeschooled. Um, so I've always felt comfortable with adults. And it's it's interesting how adults interact with kids and then now being among the adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think that I always, 
I always loved that and and seeing different perspectives and life experiences and that's one of my favorite parts of working in theater. So is the biggest difference for you then more of like as a kid you're more not robotic but in a way where you're just kind of being told and guided this is what happening this time blah 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 and now as an as an adult uh you are figuring it all out on your own and kind of making your own schedule and taking charge. Yeah, I think so. It's it's more independence, it's more taking initiative on your own. Um it's it's hard to articulate. I I think that we do that as kids too, but I think that now I'm fully aware of everything on my plate, if that makes sure. any sense. Yeah, that makes sense because, like, as kids, we're kind of, like, blinded by it and we're kind You're, of exactly. innocent, you know? Like, it's just, it's you know, like this, this is normal inference. for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. normal. And now as an adult, I'm like, maybe this isn't normal. Exactly. Exactly. I don't want to do anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. So now here we are you're in adulthood and you're doing you're currently let's talk about what you're currently doing you're currently in rehearsal for lucky star yes uh talk to me about lucky star talk to me about what the show is about what the Mm -hmm. show is and where that when that's opening where it's going to be all that fun stuff yeah so i'm currently in rehearsals for an off-broadway play called the lucky star by karen hartman and it's directed by noah himmelstein Mm -hmm. um it's at 59 east 59 and we (laughs) Uh, our first preview is April 26th, so come on. Yes. Check us An out. opening is when? May 5th, your birthday. What? <laughs> Amazing. Just had to plug that one. Yes. Like, uh, go ahead. Continue. Um, it's, it's this beautiful and heartbreaking and invigorating play. It's, it's different than pretty much anything I've worked on before. It's a true story. Um, it's based on... Um, the, the the Hollanders and and so so Richard Hollander found this box of letters and they contain letters from his family from when they were in World War II and living in Poland and they couldn't escape so it's during the Holocaust they're Jews um, and it's really beautiful because you get to see their experiences and their family life and then it also ties Act two really ties into the present and how how our past, like our our family's past and our own past, um, informs our present. And what's really interesting is, like I said, it's true. And all of the words that I speak pretty much are all these letters that were actually written. And like, there's this courtroom scene. It's the actual court transcripts, wow. um, which which it, blows my mind. Is that because the scene where you have the Polish voice. accent? Yeah, the courtroom scene. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, amazing! Because I have to do a Polish accent in one scene. Yes, um, and it's yeah. actually really good. So, di- is that <laughs> with you. a dialect coach? Yeah, I've had one session with a dialect coach so far. Um, I'm hoping. I think I get another one, which would be, which would be awesome. But I, I enjoy trying to learn dialects and working on mm-hmm. that. So, so that's been really fun. But I had never done a Polish accent before. Um, right. It's not a super a super usual one in a lot of auditions I get. So yeah, um, that's been a that's been a cool experience. I play two parts in the show. Mm-hmm. I play uh, Genka, who's the older teenage daughter in in the family living in Poland, and then mm-hmm. I also play the younger version of a Polish immigrant, Arnold, who comes to escapes to America. Um, but he has to undergo lots of immigration hearings, et cetera, because the U.S. was not very open to immigrants at that time. So, Right. 
well, at that time. At the time. Um, mm, mm. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, <laughs> but so going back to the family, the yeah. role with your family, Genka, uh, you're actually the older sister to a former Take a Vow guest, yes. Alexa Nijak. So yes. uh, that's fun. I just had to mention that really that quickly. That's so awesome. Uh, but, a good time. Oh, my God. She's the best. You yeah, both. I love, are, I love that you both are in this show together. It's making me so happy. Um, oh. And then the whole dialect thing it's interesting because i often think that that's a bit overlooked um as actors i guess people expect since we are performers and actors that we just like know these things and like especially like most of the shows that i've done have all been british accents but like right so it's just like people think that i just know how to speak like that but they don't know that it takes like hours of preparation yeah. of like getting it down to getting it so comfortable that it seems like we just know how to do it right and working with coaches and everything like that so i don't know i want to hear your experience in working with the dialect coach and figuring out with poland or even if you pick stuff off off of youtube because that's a popular thing yeah yeah no when i got the audition and i saw that that scene was in a polish accent i was like hmm okay so I was like, I'm going to try to do the accent. So I did end up going on YouTube and I listened to like this like six minute video or something of somebody just like how to do a Polish accent. Right. Uh, and was it perfect? Not at all. But it, you know, it was a hint. It was a suggestion of, of what it could be. I also listened to um, somebody from Poland speaking English so that I could hear an authentic, authentic mm. Polish dialect. Um, and I just kind of was like, all right, I'm just going to I'm just going to go for it and use it in my audition. And I did, and and they were. It was funny because they asked me in the audition. They were like, "Oh, did you work with someone on the Polish dialect?" Like, that, was really, that was really impressive. And I was like, uh, "No, I I didn't." But I, thank you. Um, I'm just a natural. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now working with someone, having had that one lesson, it's it's so helpful, but it's also like retraining your entire brain on the tiniest of sounds. Like oh, yeah. I've been trying to work so hard on these different R sounds and, and how different vowels and consonants change. There's so much minute work that goes into it that you wouldn't think of as an audience member. And then wrestling with this already somewhat difficult court transcript of lots of uh, places and trying to make that clear and the story clear while also using this dialect it's it's a lot. I think it's a really fun challenge, though. Um, and like I said, I, I do like working on dialects, so I I've been having a good time with it. But it's definitely tricky. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it's interesting that like you know, oftentimes when you get auditions for shows and you see they have accents and you have you see they have stage directions and all these things, it's as an actor you're kind of you evaluate it and you're like, mm -hmm. oh my god, like what exactly should I incorporate into the audition? Right. Like, what do they actually want? Do they want this accent or are they going to learn? Or are they going to like teach me later? Do they right. want me to do this stage direction? So good for you for making a choice. And like, I feel like for people listening that are like going in for accents, like mm -hmm. if you feel like if you do some research and you, you are doing the work for your character and everything like that, definitely like go out there and try it and yeah. it, if it sounds like pretty close <laughs> and you feel like you're comfortable with it then do it but if it's like something that's gonna make you nervous or it's just right. gonna throw you off or something don't do it right I so, think it's always I think it's always good to make a bold choice and and 
and such, but I think it's also important to make an informed choice based off of right. yourself and the character because you don't want to go in there and do something wildly off base. So, so knowing yourself and your abilities and what your strengths are, making a decision based off of that. Absolutely. And it takes a lot of time and effort to, to evaluate that and figuring it out what you are, how good you are. And it's hard because you usually have like 48 hours probably to prepare for an audition. So no, it's like, exactly. it's understandable this, if you this, can't. Yeah, this timing was actually crazy because we can go into more of it in a bit. But I had just found out I had just gotten my booster shot that yes. morning, and then I had just found out that I had to go on for Teresa that night. Oh my god! And then I got this audition. And I was like, wait, wait, can you give me an extension? Way too much. Like, I said, no, wait, hold on. Yeah. yeah, it was it was very um, you know I didn't have a lot of time and I didn't have a lot of time to work on the accent, so it was kind of a choice where I was just like, you know what, I think, I think this is a choice that I will make and I think it will work and yeah. I'm going to go for it. Um, but yeah, it's not like I had a ton of, a ton of time to work on it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so now you, you just finished a run at the Atlantic theater company mm-hmm. where it was the pre-Broadway run of Kimberly Akimbo mm-hmm. and now it's transferring to Broadway, but talk to me about your experience with Atlantic theater and doing the show there. Um, because it was crazy when you said that you had got it, you were like, Oh, but I don't know if I'm going on. Cause you, you were a swing again and yeah. you went on a ton. So, um, talk to me about that experience and, and playing both roles in the show and everything. Yeah, God, I love this show so much. Um, yeah. And I, I just everybody involved in it. This show is holds such a special place in my heart. Um, so obviously, like I said, it was the first show that I did as an adult in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlantic Theater was amazing to work for. It's also such a beautiful little little house. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Kimberly Kimbo is, is a musical. The, the book is by David Lindsay Bear, the book and lyrics, and the music is by Janine Tesori. Um, both the most wonderful people. And, mm-hmm. and being in this development of the musical um, at Atlantic, I was able to work with them a lot and see them work, which genuinely was one of the best learning experiences of my life. Um, but anyway, so yes, I was in understudy. I covered <laughs> Delia and Teresa. Um I, you know, it was a short, not a short run, but, you know, it's on a Broadway run. It's not like yeah, it was a limited versus, run. It was a limited run. So I was like, I'm probably not going to go on. And I, I thought that going in, but I still was like, I absolutely, it is my job. And I, of course, want to be sh- sure that I'm ready to go on if I ever need to. So mm-hmm. I was very, I was very proactive about, about trying to learn everything and make sure I was there all the time and watching and, um, the, other thing, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here, but the other thing with Kimberly, too, is that there was ice skating in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I already know that was skate. one of my questions. All right. We can we can go into that in a bit. But, no, um, go, go so for did, it. All right. All right. Um, yeah, so we did. So there's there's an ice skating number in Kimberly Kimbo. Yes. I, you know, I, I had ice skated before, like, casually, like, maybe once every few years, but it's not like I was good at ice skating. Um, uh-huh. So that was another additional layer for Kimberly. We, I don't, I don't know if I could go into the like how the magic is made, but we do use real, real ice skates. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a lot of of practice and and trying to figure out because with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, and, and because I cover two people, they both did different tricks in the show. Right. Um, so trying to learn the like spins and the arabesque and <laughs> and whatever. But we had um, we had skate call every day, which I which I was able to start going to, and and that was helpful. But yeah, never in a million years did I think I would be trying to learn ice skating for a musical theater show. In like, I I just it blows my mind. I'm obsessed with that number. Um, I love it. <laughs> literally, my, I saw the show with Zach, my brother, and yeah. we we were obsessed like that that came out and it's funny because it's not like there's ice on the stage where you no, have like a little no. part it's just like no. it's literally the stage and you're it's literally ice skating and yeah we what's funny like, is a lot what of is go ahead yeah a lot of people think that um the ice skates were like little roller blades with yeah. wheels and that's what people kept coming up to me after the show and asking and i'm like no these are real ice skates with blades and we just are able to because of the material the stage is made of we're able to skate on it right it's fascinating. And it's funny. I was on a mm-hmm. podcast this past week um, called Broadway Time, and they asked me what uh, movie I would want to see into a musical. And I said Miracle on Ice because I thought it could never be done. But then I saw Kimberly Akimbo, <laughs> and I was like, my life was changed, and it can happen. And I promise you can ice skate on stage. It was so funny. I gave Kimberly a little shout out. So um, okay. it was, I was hilarious. I was like, I, I, absolutely love that it also helps that that song is like one of my favorite songs it's so good I'm always singing it with Sky anytime I see her I'm like uh oh <laughs> it's so good um for those of you but, who didn't get to see the show it's an amazing score uh obviously it was written by Denise Tesori oh, so sorry. Th- what more do you need to say um really? but um yes were you okay so- go what ended up happening with Kimberly, I didn't think I was going to go on. Yeah. I covered these two roles. Um, but obviously, we are in, still, a pandemic. Um, don't thing. know if you've heard of it. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Round seven. <laughs> actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, all of a sudden, I, I got this text from our stage manager and... and they were like, you know, the person you cover has has tested positive and you're going on for Delia tonight. Um, I hadn't rehearsed in any of my costumes. I hadn't had to put in. I, you know, we called like a one hour <laughs> oh, emergency God. rehearsal beforehand. And that was kind of my my put in moment. That wasn't you like had one hour put in. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. One hour. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I had been. We had a few understudy rehearsals before then, um, so it wasn't like I hadn't been rehearsed at all. It's just that I hadn't had, uh, like, a put-in or anything. Got it. But, um, 
So I, I did that. The cast was so wonderful and so supportive and just so encouraging and kind. Everybody in that show is is genuinely such an amazing person, both the creative team and the cast. They are all such special people. Um, and and because of COVID, I ended up having to be on for for ten days for that for that mm-hmm. role. Um, so what's nice about that is that you really can get into a rhythm and you can start to explore and play around and relax more, which is, which is a beautiful gift. Um, obviously I, I was so devastated for the person that I was covering because of course it sucks to be out with COVID. Nobody wants that. Right. Um, so the other, yeah, being an understudy is hard because a lot of the times it's like a hard thing to balance with, mm-hmm. with. I feel like really bad for the person out, but then it's also like this is a this is a great chance to to perform and share the story and um yeah. And so then I was like I finished my delay run. I thought it was my last show. We did this like, you know, big thing at the end, like this group hug, like they're like, Yay, Sky's last show and yeah. blah blah blah. And I was like, All right, like thank you all. This has been amazing. Um and then I forget the timing. It was like a week later, I I decided to I had been putting off the booster shot only because I was worried about having to go on and having side effects because I had like I was really sick after the other vaccine shots, but totally worth it. Get your vaccine. Um, right. <laughs> not saying that. Um, anyway, so I had been putting it off just for that reason. But I was like, you know what? I'm just I'm gonna get my booster shot on on this day. And so the timing of this is unreal and so comedic almost. I get the booster shot. Actually, two minutes after, I'm sitting in the waiting room at the hospital. No way. Actually, two minutes later, I get a text from our stage manager and our co-host officer. And they're like, um, <laughs> you are going on tonight for Teresa. And I was like. No, I'm not. <laughs> I was like, um, okay, great. Thank you oh. so much. Um, so I started like downing water and I was like taking like Tylenol and I was like I can't I can't get as sick as I did like I need to go on tonight so again we had this like emergency rehearsal I hadn't worn any of my Teresa costumes I didn't do a Teresa pudding Um, and um, again everybody was just so wonderful Um, and and we ended up you know, making it happen. I think it all, it all worked out. What's crazy is that because it was such a short run and I had to go on for 10 days for each character, um, I ended up doing, Bonnie Milligan and I were like talking about it and we figured it out and, and I ended up doing about a quarter of the run, which is, which is crazy. Amazing. Yeah. Which is really wild and something that I certainly never, never expected. So, mm-hmm. but I'm so grateful for that experience and those people. And I'm, I'm I just it's so surreal to me that I get to do this show again and 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 be back on Broadway now with this and I just really I'm so grateful. Yeah. I I can't wait to see the show on Broadway. I I'm love so this excited. show. Uh, <laughs> I'm like I'm like a fangirl of my own like show. I know I love it's it great. So much. Listen, it was getting so much buzz at the end of its run that like people were really seeing it and recognizing it and how beautiful it was and how great of a story it was and mm-hmm. I'm glad that it's it's being shown on a on a bigger stage, you know. Yeah, me too, honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, not just I, for my own sake. I just I love it. Right. So it's interesting because I know that. You know, you were 11 years old, and mm-hmm. here we are when you were doing Annie. Um, but, I mean, 
was there anything a lot of time has passed but was there anything that you were kind of able to like look back on from Annie that kind of helped you be a swing for Kimberly yeah I think um again those track sheets are so helpful um so basically for me a track sheet is a document for each uh role that I cover. So I had one for Delio and for Teresa. And it basically has all of the entrances and exits, like which side you come from and, and where it has cue lines. It has certain moments that I just need to pay extra attention to, like, oh, pick up the glue trap, like, um, for this character. So, so sure. certain things that I, I would need to, to know. And it's just, it's like this bare bones sheet. That's really, basically I can throw, throw, have it on the wings and like, get a quick glance at it and have all the information that you need to have. Um, and they're so helpful. And that's, that's something that I learned from Annie was having something like that for each character. Also the color coding is, is, is very helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, once again, Delia was green and Teresa was blue and just for some reason it's, I'm able to visualize my script more in that and just like putting myself into that. I'm like, okay, I'm green, green today. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Cause aren't you for lucky star aren't you color coordinating your two different characters oh yeah well? i do i do it's, so it's interesting that you've like carried that on yeah it's just i think it's solidified in me in a young age yeah because somebody had taught me that it. trick with annie and and now i just i still carry it with me and it helps me separate them and i don't know it, right. it works for my brain um i know a lot of swings do that um it's just it's definitely a helpful technique yeah for sure so I guess this will be the last question because I I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I did get you the role of Kimberly Akimbo because I did self-tape <laughs> with you. So <laughs> um, <laughs> wait, what'd you say? I said so true. So true. I know. It's the only reason you're going to be back on Broadway again. Uh, oh, yeah. No, absolutely not. It was all yeah. you, I promise. Uh, but oh my God, I, I mean, because I, I, I mean, you and I have an interesting relationship because like, we live like a block away from each other. <laughs> yeah, we're basically roommates. Literally, we're basically roommates. And, uh, you know, we obviously need a second hand in self-tapes. So we do a lot of self-tapes together. So we do. talk to me about self-taping and doing auditions at home in this coronavirus world kind of thing. Um, and what are some tips that, and like your favorite tips, I guess, that you could share with people listening and trying to, to self-tape and all of that? Yeah, I think most actors that I know have a love-hate relationship with self-tapes. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of us really miss in-person auditions, especially for theater. It's different for TV and film. But for theater, I definitely have craved like wanting to be in the room. I, I, I do think the good thing about self-tapes is that it does make theater a little bit more accessible in a lot of different ways uh, for a lot of different people to audition. Um, mm -hmm. But it's I kind of miss the energy the energy of the room and, and being able to receive live feedback and and such i think okay tips for tips for self-tapes i think one nice thing about self-tapes is that you don't have the same amount of pressure that you have going into an audition room because you're you're able to do it on your own time you're able to take breaks in between you're able to um there's a certain comfort there that can really allow you to do your best work um right I think, and you can do it as many times you can do it as, as, many as times you feel as you until like you feel confident with it, right? You know? Until you feel good. That that right there is a blessing and a curse. That's because oh my god, that's very true, especially with you. You know what? <laughs> um, 
it's great. It's oh, great. You're dedicated. It's just, you know, the perfectionist in me. But um, the one thing I do love about being able to walk into an audition room is, is you do it once, you give it your all, and, and then you're done, and you walk out, and you can go on with your day. With self-tapes, like I said, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, because what's great is that you can... You can redo it until you have a product that you're happy with and that you feel good about submitting. But the curse of that is that you can get in this loop of like, oh, wait, let me just fix this one more thing. Or wait, let me just try this again. Which, which as, you, as, as we know, I like to, uh, I like to do. Um, yep. <laughs> um, so I think a tip that I also need to start following is set a limit for yourself. Do you like three, three takes? For, for each uh, side or song and, and then move on. Sure. Because um, after three takes, I honestly don't think it's it's going to make that much of a, of a difference yeah. whether you, you book the role or not. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, and, and I think it's really, if you're able to, having somebody there who you're comfortable with is, is really important. And, and what's great is being able to have somebody in person, obviously – uh, we all have done a lot of self-tapes using another person on FaceTime or some other method. Um, mm. But I do think it's helpful to have a person to actually connect to and talk with. Um, just, yeah, real human connection. Um, sure. Yeah, I don't know if you have if you have any other tips. I mean, not really. I mean, you kind of hit it. it it's interesting because everyone has their own different um, ways and in, in kind of their own strategies and all of that so i mean our strategies are more so like you have a strategy where it's like let me watch it let me make sure it's mm -hmm. good mm -hmm. i treat it as more of a traditional audition where i'm just like oh you know if i did it and i feel confident that's fine i'm submitting it i don't need to watch it right. um i don't i don't like to watch myself so um but yeah, if I, I don't feel but if i don't feel confident in the performance that i gave from just performing it mm -hmm. then i will do it again Sure. Um, it's not so much how it translates to the video, which is interesting because that that is that could be a blessing and a curse, you know, uh, because right. although if we're auditioning for theater, especially like people aren't going to be seeing it on a video. However, this is your audition and this is right. how the people are seeing you right now. So you need to make sure that that looks good on video. So it's very interesting and, and just finding that balance. But I, I think some. Good yeah, it is a balance. Yeah. And, and I just want to put out there, you know, the whole self taping thing, a lot of people put a lot of uh, stress into like environment and clothing and everything like that. Um, I think it's great to have a plain wall Me that too. you're auditioning on. Mm -hmm. I think with lighting, all you need to do is use a simple ring light. Um, and that's about it, really. Right. If, if you can use the natural lighting too, like if you can find a time during the day, I know for kids it's hard because we're at school during the day. But yeah. If you can find a time during the day to get some natural lighting too, that looks great on video. Um, and then of course, like just recording on your phone is good enough. Like I know right. like when we go into an audition room, they have like a little legit camera. Uh, yeah. But, right. you know, I think the most home, important thing is just like, yeah, being able to be seen and being able to be heard, and that's really all you need. And as long as you're not, like you just said, not a distracting background and, and decent lighting and decent sound, and you're good to go. Totally. And I hate to say it, but it's like almost like uh, filming a self-tape is just like filming like a TikTok or something. Yeah. Like nowadays, yeah. like 
Mm-hmm. As long as that's like, I mean, obviously in your TikTok, you may be featuring your messy room or something sure. like that. Um, <laughs> but so don't do that in a self tape. But no, otherwise, no. it's a, it's pretty much the same setup. So those are my tips, and I, I thought it was it'd be good to talk to you with you about that since we do so much together. Together, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the, uh, we also both go to um, Pace together, which is yes, we do. Really cool. Um, I'm wearing my I'm repping. Yeah, Pace that's right the other thing is like with all these shows, I'm still. You are, you are, yeah. With all what these were you shows saying with all stuff, these? I'm still, I'm saying like, yeah, with, I just was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, with all these shows and, and I am still trying to pursue my BFA in acting at Pace. Um, so that's the other component of, of my life right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Busy, 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 busy. girl. <laughs> two, two Broadway shows, two shows right now, <laughs> off Broadway and Broadway, getting her BFA, all the things, swinging and doing two shows, uh, two characters, eight shows a week in Lucky Star. Craziness. It's just, yeah. your your brain is great. And uh, <laughs> thank you. Your brain is great. <laughs> um, great thing to say. But uh, yeah, seriously, everyone go see Lucky Star. It's opening May 5th at 59 East 59th. And then Kimberly Akimbo is making its Broadway debut on? Uh, first preview start October 12th, the day after my birthday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everyone go check those out. I'm sure the next time that you'll be on this podcast, we'll be on the red carpet of opening night of Kimberly. Hopefully. Um, so good stuff. I'm excited for the show. Yay. Thank you so much for having me, Eli. Oh my God. Thank you for coming on the podcast. It was so fun to have you on. Long overdue. Yes. Yes, I know. <laughs> Take a bow, Sky Alyssa Friedman. That was so much fun. Long overdue, for sure. Uh, I'm glad she was able to come on the podcast. We got her at a great time because we are going to be seeing a lot of Sky in the near future on Broadway, both in Kimberly Akimbo, off-Broadway, at the Lucky Star, and who knows what the future holds. I just know that we'll be seeing her for a long time coming. I'm very excited. Um, Sky, thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for providing so many wonderful tips uh, for the people at home. I loved how we were able to talk about the parenting um, kind of thing with child actors and performers when they move from out of state. Uh, I know my parents and family went through a similar thing. My dad literally quit his job. That's why I asked her if her mom quit hers. Uh, My dad quit his job for me to come out here and perform. um, And we figured it out up here and and figured out a way that we could – like Sky said, it was expensive, so we had to pay the bills some way. Um, and uh, yeah, shout out to all the parents of, of kids on Broadway and kid child performers in general. Um, literally, anytime that you see a child performing, just know that they are not doing it themselves. They have a whole support system. They have a whole family who is supporting them and making it work and figuring out the best way to do it. Um, and also, like, protecting their kid, like, it's just incredible what parents have to do in order to allow their child to perform. So just thank you again to especially my family and all of the families who are uh, making it work for, for them and their kids. It, it's just incredible. Uh, people don't always realize it, but it, it's it's real. And we're not all from New York and we're not all um, used to this lifestyle. We are totally blinded and uh, are just figuring it out and flying by the seat of our pants. So great stuff, great stories. Glad we were able to touch upon all of it. And I hope the self-taping advice was helpful for for all of you. And uh, yeah, 
that's all I have for you folks for this week's episode of Take About. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. As always, follow us along on social media at Take About Podcast. Stay tuned for incredible Beetlejuice content this week, and I hope to see you next week because we have... Actually, it's going to be a really, really fun episode next week. And then we're going to have our 100th episode celebration at the Green Room 42, where I hope I see you all there. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Kessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com tab. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on. Also, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at TakeAboutPodcast. TakeAbout's logo is designed by Giselle Bustos, and the music is by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon. Bye, everyone. Hope to see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.